Adcom presents the A-Game podcast, hosted by Jeff Culleton with guest host Abby Kay. Last episode, we talked about the role social media plays in reinforcing a brand, looking at it from the brand's perspective. Today, we're talking with someone who lives on the other side of social media. Eric Ani, plumber and social media influencer, enlightens us about the power of tradespeople as storytellers because of the passion they feel about their work. Influencers both inform and entertain in a completely authentic way, so it makes sense that brands would choose to partner up with them in order to experience a multiplier effect to reach a wider audience. Good morning and welcome to the A-Game. So this is Adcom's podcast exploring the ever-changing marketing landscape uh, and how it affects agencies and the brands who are constantly in a race to compete. Uh, We've got a fun one today. Uh, so not my typical sidekick, but Abby Kay, who can only be described as a content creation, social media, Swiss army knife, uh, from our team wow. here Swiss army knife's a good name, man. Yeah, that's quite the introduction. You got, you got all the gizmos. So I'm stoked to have you on the show today. I think it's going to be super fun. And then Eric Ani. Eric, uh, we became acquainted with Eric uh, a handful of years ago through our partnerships uh, in the trade, specifically in the plumbing industry. Eric has created what, by any stretch of the imagination, would be considered an unbelievably strong audience uh, that is across multiple different social platforms uh, and uh, involves constant content creation. And on top of that, he's also running a business. And so, Eric, it's a pleasure to have you here today, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I so one of the, when we started talking about this, the, the inception point of the conversation was uh, around storytelling. I mean, we're obviously, we're fascinated with people who are really good storytellers, but I think I was saying to Abby earlier today, you know, we often, we ratchet it up to a level like, it's it, it's got to be the highest of the high like oh you know what what is the you know what are these huge stories we can tell when in reality you know one of the biggest kind of shifts over the last handful of years is just the fact that like these unbelievable stories start coming out of kind of all verticals all channels all people and so hence the reason you end up becoming an extraordinarily interesting topic of conversation so before we get into like what what you think is amazing about tradespeople storytellers like give us a quick overview like when did you how long has the business been running when did you start you know really creating content around it and like what do those audiences look like because they're pretty big <laughs> well they're big they're they're big now yeah i admit and and a little overwhelming uh so about 10 years ago we started mechanicalhub.com and at that point in time we were just looking for any way possible to get the word out on the content we were putting on our website. And we we're trying to take over um, a, in a digital space that was dominated by print media. So in order to do that, in order to tell people for free, especially at that time, I just had to go to social media and tell people mainly on you know Facebook and Twitter, uh, hey, we have this website where you know, I'm a plumber, I talk about tools, I talk about products, things like that. And uh, it's evolved a lot from there but about 10 years ago and ever since uh it's like you said daily just create content over and over and over and try to keep my finger kind of on the pulse of what's going on so so i know what people find interesting and it's been fun yeah and the and the audience has grown a lot like i'm i'm blown away and thankful and just uh amazed 
all the time by the numbers of people that decide that they are going to even spend 30 seconds watching something like some plumber in the middle of America is talking about. So people love, so people love numbers and not surprisingly. And so you are, you, your numbers are sub. So, you know, we have fortune 500 brands who would like to have a following like you do. So Abby, double check me on this, but if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know the Facebook number, Instagram numbers, 170,000 plus followers, and the TikTok number is over 300K. Am I, like, am I in the right spot? Yeah, you're pretty damn close. Like that's, that, that's heavy stuff. And, you know, in a, in a realm where you get a ton of bot-driven traffic and all this stuff, like this is, this is a legit audience. So in theory, I can look at that and say, holy shit, that's amazing. But like, what's the makeup of that audience? Like from consumers to tradespeople to, to brands, like what, do you know a breakdown or is it just like the number just keeps getting bigger? You know, the, it kind of is. The number just keeps getting bigger. Uh, it's a little bit of Wild West on social media platforms as far as who exactly is following you because interest can come from all uh, all areas, whether it's a you know another skills, tr- skills trades worker or if it's somebody that's in marketing and in advertising or if it's just DIY. Uh, I don't have the real numbers. I can tell you um, my content appeals mostly to men. You know, so like, it's not to say that there aren't women out there that find it interesting. It's just, it's, that's just the way the industry is right now. I'd like to see that change. But overall, I'd say there's a really solid base of actual trades workers following my content because I can, I can see every single day in the comments. I can see in the messages, literally hundreds of messages every single week that I get, um, if not you know, sometimes in a month, there's there's 10,000 messages that'll come through just on Instagram and TikTok alone. So like lots of really cool conversations with people that are working with tools like I am, but then a lot of interest from just anywhere. These, these platforms want to promote content that does well to anybody that'll watch it. So they're not qualifying whether somebody is a plumber or not necessarily to watch my content. Even just in the past, couple of years we've seen your platforms grow so much specifically you know the tiktok audience that's a newer platform and you know you really skyrocketed your numbers there what do you think your the reasoning behind that growth is is there something specific you can put a finger on that helped you you know go from the very beginning to the point where you're at you know collectively almost 500,000 followers uh, i think it I, if i knew exactly I'd be doing more of it. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be humble. I'm also just being completely honest. Like um, I try to show stuff that I do every single day. And I know some of the things that I do on my jobs is quite different than a typical plumber plumber would do or a typical HVAC worker would do. And so I also have an advantage. I think I live in a really cold climate. So like the very, like my work is varied all the time based on season so like I get to show some pretty cool stuff based solely on where I live. And so like that can be uh, that can garner a lot of attention. But ultimately, I think it's just being honest and showing stuff clearly, you know, being very um, I, I, I want to say I, I try to be uh, 
you know, I take my time, think things through a little bit before I just throw something out there so anybody can see it. Like everybody, you know, does when you get excited when a new tool comes, you know, but I like to try to think about it a little bit more before I just start sharing info so I can give the people, uh, you know, what they want before they have to ask the questions for about it, you know? I think just in the past couple of years that I've known you, there's one thing I've picked up on is you're very honest and you're very, you're going to tell it how it is. So I, I think your, your audience picks up on that authenticity and they appreciate that. And that's why they kind of, you know, continue to engage. I, I think that's a huge part of it. Well, one of the neat things, so, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, using the algorithm to its advantage, people who game the algorithm, can you do it? Yeah, sure. You, you can do it. It's going to constantly evolve, but relevancy is one of the primary characteristics and how they break that down. There could be 8,000 different ways, but it's one of the primary characteristics of all of the algorithms that are populating content for people. And so, you know, we know a piece of that is consistency. Done. We know a piece of that is engagement. Okay. But then, you know, it gets like, oh, are you, have you done it long enough? I, so one of the things I think is super interesting, I had no idea, um, that this number kind of existed the way it does, but like community management for you has to be a part-time job. And and I know you have a partner in the, uh, um, uh, in your content creation, but you know, you said weeks where there's thousands of messages, like, are you getting to all of those people? Like talk to, talk to me about the rigor of that. Uh, It can be daunting. You know, I do try to set aside a certain amount of time every day where I'll just go through the messages and, you know, not everybody's looking for like a, a paragraph in reply, but if you acknowledge that you read the message, you, you saw, you got the, you know, the message from them and maybe give them a little bit of thought and reply back. People really, really respect that. I know uh, I've messaged so many brands or so many people over the years and just never heard back. And I thought, you know, what does that really mean? Do they just not care or did I not ask the right question or what? And so like, I try to get to them. It takes some time. Uh, I think it's worthwhile though. I think um, if you're honest with people with your content, you have to, you know, listen to them. They, they might have something to say in return. Yeah. And, you know, I can use that information to kind of help me uh, consider what I'm going to talk about next, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's not just more work. It can actually be really useful for everybody. So we can clarify things or, you know, maybe think about upcoming content, stuff like that. Well, that's the, that's that's the killer right there, which is the hard part is the thing that helps you manifest what the future content is going to be, because they'll tell you what it, they'll tell you what it needs to be. Like people will tell you what they want to hear. The but the one of the things I'm finding so interesting over the last five six years from the trades specifically is how good a storyteller. And I think authenticity and honesty and directness are, are maybe core attributes of a persona of people who who get into the trades and are, let me rephrase, who are successful long-term in it. But like, what, what do you think makes for this desire for this level of content and or, you know, what makes trades people such good storytellers? Ah, uh, that's a great question. And, you know, there's probably, if you ask 10 different people that you probably get 10 different answers. I think for me, where my head goes, when you ask that question, what makes a tradesperson a good storyteller? 
Um, if you get somebody from any trade talking about what they do every single day, if you give them an opportunity, a platform to talk about it, and if they're truly passionate about it, that's why they might be able to, to, to get your attention. That's why they might be able to put up, you know, really good content that, you know, the masses might appreciate because they have passion in what they're doing. So like, I like doing like woodworking, but I'm not like passionate about it. I'm not thinking about it all the time. And like, if I was, you might hear a different story than like, Hey, I tried to, this one stain process out on this project that was doing in my garage over the weekend. And you'd be like, Oh my God, is this story going to be longer yet? You know, but if I got into, you know, like how passionate I am about like proper design on a, you know, hot water delivery system, like people in my trade be like, wow, this guy like actually is thinking this through. And I never thought about that. You can really tell a story, uh, like technically about what you do or even just in general. Like, I think people just like the attention, you know, especially people in the trades, we haven't really ever got it. And if you're passionate about it and you're knowledgeable, people uh, can find that content pretty useful. And, you know, let's be honest, we're all kind of, most people are looking for some kind of recognition. And I think that kind of goes into that storytelling. Uh, you identify that people, for some reason, want to listen to you, <laughs> then you're going to, you're going to try to, you know, you're getting that recognition, you can act on it. You know, not everybody acts on it either. There's a lot of people out there in the trades that just follow accounts and they don't post a lot of info and, or, you know, they aren't sharing and, I try to encourage people to, because when I do see their stuff, however occasional it is, I'm always impressed. So I love it. So, And I think a huge part of that, I mean, knowing the, the nature of your job and your role, it's an essential workforce. It truly is. I mean, we can't live without running water, flushing toilets. So some of that recognition comes from, you know, the appreciative customers as well. And then I think the conversation, you know, the engagement that you have on each other's social media posts, the conversation leads in a way that you guys are always trying to make each other better and, you know, learn from each other. I don't think that ever stops in the trades. So, I mean, that's something that's fascinated me as a 24-year-old female. I never thought I'd know this much about plumbing as I do, but there's, there's so much to learn and I feel like I've learned from people like you and just people who are posting on social media who are trying to help each other out. And that's what makes the community so, so cool in the trades. It's a lot of fun. It's very cool. And I didn't, I mean, 10 years ago, if you would have said I was going to be on TikTok, if we knew what that was, you know, like, <laughs> like, honestly, two years ago, if you said I was going to be on TikTok, I would have laughed and said, I am not you know, going to dance and do these things that were very popular at the time. And I didn't, I was not a pioneer by any stretch of the imagination, but people that were on the platform looking at it as it's growing and blowing up, you know, just were going on there and they just would see whoever was like me, whoever was like, you know what, I'm going to put some plumbing videos on here and just see what happens. They would see that. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it grew and grew and grew. And so like, there's a community there too. A lot of it's entertainment. Let's be honest. Like it's not always instructional or it can be instructional, but it can be entertaining too, depending on who the audience is. And so it can be a lot of fun. So, oh, go ahead. Abs. I was just going to say, I think you've really got in touch with how to communicate with your audience in a way that it's entertaining 
because I mean, you, you add some humor in there, you, you know, throw some witty comments out there. That's what makes it more enjoyable than, you know, someone just talking to a camera and, and not really having a conversation. It, I think that's a lot of what content creators are trying to reach is they want to be personable and they want to make that connection with the, the followers, the audience. And I feel like you kind of, you've figured that out, which is really cool. Um, can I, thank you. I appreciate that. Can I just add one thing? Jeff, I know you, you were maybe going to hit on this and may, I don't want to get in front of you on it, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think what makes, you asked a minute ago, like how, how, how did you find the success or what was the content that you saw, you know, made it really pop for you and your audience grow. And Abby, you kind of hit on that right there. It's not, maybe I have a personality that works for some people and doesn't work for others, but I try to have personality. And that's one thing, you know, like, because here's the, here's one thing I do struggle with is I really want to have strong partnerships with brands, with companies, like that's really important for our business. And it's just, I, I think, you know, things like integrity, things like that come into play when I start thinking about those partnerships, but also from an audience perspective, the people that are just along for this ride, I have to be true to them. So like, it can't just be everything that this brand has done with me is so great. Everything they've ever made is so awesome. You have to be honest and, and you have to have that integrity and that personality that allows you to be like, I'm real. And this isn't the best thing that this company has ever made, things like that. And I think that's probably one of the things that help, has helped me grow uh, to and, and get the you know the kind of numbers that you guys are talking about like I don't pay the closest attention to how many followers I get but I was pretty pop, um, proud last week when we clicked over a hundred thousand on YouTube so like that was that was exciting to me I'm going to tell you that much right now so that so that actually is an awesome segue into something that I've been fascinated about in your story, but in a lot of other stories that we see internally with our clients is, so you have people who have organically created their audiences. At what point did you start working with brands? And was that, was the, were the brands seeing that you were cultivating this audience and reached out to you? Or were you proactively saying, hey, this is something that I use all the time. Let's talk about how it can be a mutual benefit. Like, how did that work for you? I think it was, uh, I think that's where we started year, you know, 10 years ago, we were already just identifying ways of creating content for the website and for our social channels before there was a term influencer being thrown around like, you know, candy. Um, it, we were thinking kind of in that mindset and we weren't the only ones by any means, but we were thinking that way and thinking, you know, people like this content and eventually this could be, you know, uh, I think we were even thinking about money that, you know, eventually this could be monetized in a way, or this could just, if we could use this kind of content to strengthen our partnerships uh, in whatever that meant for, you know, different for every company that we work with, but if we could use that kind of content to strengthen it, it we always needed content, you know? So it was just a cool fit from early on, I guess. It's, I think I was thinking about it before it was a thing, but I know I wasn't the first. <laughs> Well, I, the, I have no, I, 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 hold on. I have no like, um, 
like original thoughts. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Like everything I have ever invented has been out there for years. You know what I mean? Like that is so my life. Yeah. Well, but to to me that that becomes one of the you know kind of the neat pieces of this story is you know we were recently on one of our our episodes we were talking to rigid tools i know you've worked with rigid tools in the past and continue to work with rigid tools and they've just they've bought into user generated content because the algorithms have shown us that people are just a people feel a greater authenticity of it they believe it more than sometimes brand specific content that is over the top polished and flowery um, about, you know, specific, you know, this new blah, 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 does this and this. And he's like, all right, whatever. Um, And so UGC tends to have more meaningful impact with people. But your point is a really interesting one is like, you know, how how do you partner together to multiply the amount of content you're creating? Because there's still 24 hours. You still got X number of jobs you got to go to. You still got X number of people you have to service in order to keep the machine running is, you know, so how do you furnish their user generated, you furnish them user generated content and then they help to amplify? How does that work for you guys? Well, everybody does it a little bit different and some companies are, uh, I'm just going to say way better than others. Uh, Rigid is amazing at working with people that, you know, they're the people using their products every single day, the men and women out in the field, uh, whatever that field is, electrical, plumbing, HVAC, I mean, you know, welding, you name it, whatever, you know, whatever trade is using their tools, they're, they're willing to work with and supply some, you know, different things to help get the word out. It's good for rigid, but it also is really good for those accounts. And so they're helping build it up. Right. Um, For me, it's, I think we've had the most success with just having that strong relationship where I can talk with the people that are in charge are making decisions and, and just give them honest opinions and just try to work together to come up with content ideas. Because the end of the day, a lot of these companies will have, you know, dozens of people that they are, you know, on some kind of like staff, like pro staff or, you know, um, press masters is one that's going around with one of the cool companies we work with and you know vega and like there's a whole bunch of like like ambassador kind of teams right and it's really good for the brand because they you just have like multiply their audience reach right but um as as just kind of like this one guy sitting back and looking at all of it i think i want to work with the brand and i want to work together to come up with different kind of content. And so that's kind of what my, that's what my approach has been from the beginning. And so that it's not the same as what everybody else is doing all the time. And I think the shift in the style of content and what types of content, you know, what you put out and what also what brands put out, it's all changed so much because of the algorithms and things like that. I mean, I remember when long form video was well no i'll take it back even further than that i remember you know when instagram first came out i was only in high school but the only <laughs> the only thing you could post was a single static image and it was just images and then you know there was a shift to introduce video and that longer form igtv style video was performing really well because it was the tutorial type of um content and then now we're in a place where 
I'm looking at our brands that, you know, we work with for or our clients that we work with. And I'm saying, if you're putting out videos longer than 30 seconds, it's, it's not hitting as well in the algorithm because, uh, you know, Instagram wants to see reels and they want to see that short, quick hitting content. So how has that kind of shaped your strategy as the, the shift in the, the industry? Uh, first and foremost, like it's a hundred percent video, like anything that right. I have my hand in creating for mechanical Hub is video. Um, I mean, that it's not true. I have a podcast, but you know, and, but the, the fact is, is on our social channels video and how short can we make it? Okay. So we all have to like abide by these rules because these rules are set by us, you, me, Jeff, Jeff, you, like all of us were on these platforms, we're demanding. And, you know, I don't, I, I really think that that's the rules we have to follow is what we're setting because the next kind of thing that's going to come along is going to be, um, you're you know, like, remember when phones got really teeny tiny and then like everybody had to have one and then they got really big. Cause we're like, we can't see these things, you know, like all of a sudden, like now, you know, we went from pictures to video, but the videos were long. And they were super popular outside of YouTube, of course, just these other platforms. Instagram's a great example. And then Facebook comes along and buys them up and we're like, no, we're gonna change this all. And so like yep. you, people think that they're making the rules, but they're really just reacting to what we want anyway. And so it's not, a, not I mean, it's way different than what I'm doing, but it's not like I'm doing the same thing in the sense where I'm reacting to what my audience wants too. And so, um, short stuff is great, but I do see engagement. I do see people clicking on and watching the whole video when it's a minute and 30 seconds, if I go to that max. And the reason why is because I'm really trying to put thought into and, and like trying to make that content as rich as possible. Look, I got a lot of 30 second videos, you know, yeah. but it's almost even more work to make those videos into 30 seconds. Cause I don't know of really anything I do in my day to day job that only takes 30 seconds yeah, i can right. make things take oh, way longer than they should i can tell you that much right now <laughs> but to edit that down into content is really tough so yeah where it's going i'm gonna say we're gonna go from the small phones like where we're at now with short videos we're gonna go longer again but i don't know when so this is i love this and you i, I think it's so interesting to take a two-year step back on TikTok. And the number of conversations that Abby or myself or anybody in our types of positions had were the number of either B2B or non like B2C directly consumer focused brands just scoffed, laughed. I mean, it's like, oh, it's, you know, my, my, my kids are doing that. But having, you know, it's it's nobody's got a crystal ball. It's hard to see in advance. But as we look at the social landscape, we've got the most turmoil we've had in 20 years. You know, Facebook's losing, uh, is getting older, their audience is getting older, they're losing monthly active users. Instagram is still pretty healthy, but they're tethered to Facebook. Twitter is in some sort of, we don't know. And <laughs> then you get to the, the healthiest of them all in terms of user acquisition, which is TikTok. But on the other side of it, you have bands. You know, people are people are asking for bands on it for its, you know, its 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 deeper term affiliation. So, you know, TikTok in the last two years has made this rapid acquisition of monthly active users. So if you look out, and I think you're you've you've teased it already, if you look out a month two or excuse me, a year or two years, 
long form content you think ends up and it's got its place, right? It's got its house. It's either, you know, YouTube, it's your website, it's whatever it is. What other th what other trending things are you keeping an eye on that might start to tweak the way you make the content that you make? I think people are just really uh, looking for like a channel where they can get everything all at once. So like I'm involved with another uh, organization, the Build Show Network, and that's a Think of like this old house. So Build Show Network is kind of like that only modern age where they've got a group of people that do their crafts individually and can create content uh, for their trade or for their job. And then that can be shown like this, this old house program where they've got an, they're doing an entire house and they can show the carpentry and they can show the plumbing and they can show the heating, electrical, things like that. Well, like Build Show Network is, a, is in its it's been around, but it's really just new as far as like the industry is concerned. And so like uh, what we do at Mechanical Hub, where you've got multiple, um, you've got plumbing and heating and hydronics all kind of in one place because those trades are all related to each other. But when you look at these, uh, this old house or Build Show Network, where you've got all of the trades, right? And so like, I think people are looking for that kind of content to where if you're really looking at, you know, I'm going to build a house, whether you're going to build it or you're going to have, you know, hire a general contractor, a home builder, that kind of, people want to be super knowledgeable and they're entertained by this kind of content because the content is entertaining. I think that's where it's going to go. And it's going to go to like episodic kind of stuff. People love subscriptions, right? And so like subscriptions dominate everything we do in our life whether it's food delivery your phone plans those have been around forever we don't even think about those like it is nothing to go just switch and hop carriers because you're not thinking about is my contract up things we used to worry about right really? satellite tv we cut that cord and now it's just streaming and so like all of this stuff is building towards how it shapes our entertainment and the, how we digest kind of and seek out this content our computer is never going to go away. Our phones are not going away and our TVs are only getting more and more present. And so like, I think long form content is going to build in bits. And I say that because look at TikTok over the last year, they went from one minute videos to minute and a half, three minutes, something. I don't even know the exact spec. So forgive me, but they went to like three minute. And now I think I can post a 10 minute video. Yep. I'm pretty sure I can, right? Is that right? You Abby? can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. People don't want to watch a 10 minute video on TikTok. That's crazy. BS. I call BS on that. And here's why. At first, people don't want to watch a three minute or a five minute or a 10 minute video on TikTok. But as people do more and more of them, guess what people are going to watch? More and more long videos. It's just the way it is. These these platforms are are seeing what people want. They know the numbers. If people didn't want seven minute videos, TikTok wouldn't allow for it. Put it that way. Let's it just be honest our, with ourselves. Yeah, it keeps us on our toes, both as marketers and you know, as you as a creator, we're constantly having having to stay up to date on, you know, what's the latest thing, what's the trend that's going on, whatever, and you constantly have to shift your direction. Do you remember when Instagram stories first became a thing? And I remember yeah. I remember stories looking at them and being like, this is so stupid. They're trying to be Snapchat, whatever. Yeah. And now, I mean, I watch stories more than I scroll through my feed just because it's the, the easiest stuff. And I can see kind of what's going on in people's day-to-day -day lives. 
which then speaking about day to day and, you know, what people are doing now we have be real, which is a whole nother platform that, I mean, brands, I don't think necessarily have a place on it yet, but I said the same thing about TikTok a year ago when my clients were asking me, you know, do we have a place on that platform? I said, no, no, I don't think that's where we need to be. Sure enough, that's where we are now. And that's where people are consuming our content. So it's tough because you have to deal with the, the fleeting attention spans of people and trying to stick to whatever the platform wants you to do. But then as the platform makes the shifts, you kind of have to adjust with it and you just kind of got to roll with the punches. <laughs> I agree. I fully agree with that, Abby. And, and, and you're right. There are new platforms popping up all the time. Um, I'm not on all of them. I couldn't even figure out Snapchat, you know, like I had 300,000 followers on TikTok. crazy, but like, my kids were like, dad, you need to get on snap. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> like, don't want to sound do like it. a boo. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I know I sound old when I say that, but I'm not even ashamed to say it. it's like, it just like, I only got so much bandwidth. Right. And like, yep. I can only put so much in my brain and dedicate it to just all of this at once. And I don't need another one right now. I'll tell you that much. So I have one last question because we're coming up on time, but this this one is not about social media, but it can potentially play into it is we are deeply, deeply underemployed in this country in the trades. I mean, deeply, yeah. we've got infrastructure Absolutely. money coming. We've got all this stuff. We've got tremendous numbers of unfilled trades jobs. How does how can we leverage content like yours and other channels in order to change you know a generation maybe two generation long narrative about what the trades are in order to make it accessible to a group coming up that is going to be more monetarily successful in it enjoy it more find more opportunities for themselves like what does that look like and can the content creators in the trades world be a part of that i think the creators can is a couple things we need to think about uh we all know why and like the biggest reason why in, in my estimation is something I've talked about for years is it's uh, my business partner, John Mason, like he wrote a really cool blog post a while back. And, and it, it, the tagline is like, it starts in your living room, right. Or around your kitchen table. So like, here's my soapbox real quick. Uh, the Disney channel, the network TV shows, everything is, has made fun of the plumber. It's the big fat guy with a butt crack. You know, what that really was and for so long was is just fuel for these marketing machines that are universities and things like that to say, you need to have a better job than your parents did. And I can't think of any aspect of my job that, it, well, I mean, sure, there's some crappy situations I could find myself in, but like my job overall is better than what my parents' jobs were. And I, I'm, you know, we're, we're, direct descendants of people that lived in lived and worked their entire careers in like factories and things like that. That's never going away. But we, we have been raised to think that you have to go to college. Right. And so like I'm in my forties and there's no way I was going to graduate high school without like everybody talking to me about where are you going to school next? Right. And so I look and I think all these years later, how we've changed that perception just a tiny, tiny bit but like the content creators, the influencers, call them whatever you want. If they're positive and they just show like in reality what things are and don't try to make things like super tough and like you can't do my job unless you're this and that. 
that's all BS. Just be real. Just show like, this is what I do every day. And you know what? Show the boat behind the pickup truck or whatever it is that you're into. Show people like, look, I know people in my industry where I live in the upper Midwest here in Minnesota, like plumbers get paid a lot of money. We're licensed, we're a licensed regulated trade, not just anybody can do it. So there's a lot of qualifications that come into play, apprenticeships, things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're worried about how much money, if that's your one qualifier as an 18, 19 year old kid, male, female, like how much does a plumber make? I can tell you, it's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't, most of my friends who are not self-employed, that work as plumbing and HVAC, you know, techs out in the field are making eighty to one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year. It's not nothing, you know. So if we can just show like the positivity and how people are really happy with the choices they've made, that can influence young people. Because I remember, I do remember. I know it's been a half a lifetime ago, but I remember being eighteen, nineteen years old, leaving high school where I largest high school in the state of Minnesota. I graduated near the top of my class. I graduated with two years of college credits. I went to the university. I was in the engineering program. I sat there for one year and I thought, this isn't what I want. This is not gonna work for me. But I did not know what that was. That's how I got into plumbing. That's my backstory. It's pretty much been that ever since. But I can tell you in my 40s now, looking back, yeah, I've done a lot of things. I've had a lot of success through a lot of hard work. But I'm so happy I did it. <laughs> you know, like I love what I do every single day. And not because I have a lot of, you know, subscribers on YouTube. That's just a whole yeah. separate thing, you know? So I know oh, we're running I know we're running short on time, but I do wanna call out for our listeners that might not know this, the connection between Eric and myself and Adcom is we work with Eric for several different clients. And one of those clients of ours is American Plumber Stories. And I think that's the perfect example of trying to educate people about the opportunities in the trades and, you know, sharing people's stories about how they got to be where they are, why they're so financially comfortable in their position is because of the trades. And we went to, um, Eric and I went to, uh, what was it called? Build My Future, an event in Iowa. And I remember looking to you and saying, I didn't have anything like this when I was in high school. This was essentially an event where, They brought all the surrounding high school students together to a showcase of all these different brands and opportunities in the trades industry. And it was just the coolest event. I mean, people were doing hands-on stuff, welding and, you know, using the press tools and things like that. And it was so cool. And I was like, if I had had something like that when I was in high school, I would have maybe, I don't know that I would have gone into plumbing or anything, but it definitely would have opened my eyes to an opportunity other than college, which I think, you know, was so heavily pushed on us as kids is after high school, you go to college and that's just simply not the case anymore. I think we need to open up the the opportunities much further than that. Well, and I think one of the the neat things for me, because I I very much did get pushed down that pathway in my life. Turns out it worked out whatever capacity I never loved Mm -hmm. school. But one of the neat things about where we're at right now is being able to have these conversations because I don't I don't think people often link them together or see uh, how generationally these things are starting to meld. Uh, And I think the more we talk about it, the better the outcomes, the more likelihood somebody is to 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 take a shot at it and realize that that boat behind that truck 
it all yeah. is, is something that really comes to fruition. Um, so well, I'll, I'll stop us there. Eric, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. I, it thank it's you. Been such an enjoyable conversation. And Abby, I love being around you all the time because <laughs> just now the insight, the, I mean, you see things a different way I do. And I just, I absolutely love it. So uh, for everybody at the A-Game and Adcom, thanks again for tuning in. Join us on our, all of our future shows and wherever you get your podcasts at the A-Game. Uh, until then, Eric, you are officially off the hot seat. Have a good day. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks. You've been listening to the A-Game, an AdCom production. AdCom is a marketing partner in Cleveland, Ohio, creating measurable returns for our clients. Like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and find us on your favorite social networks. 